Welcome to the Smart Tech Check Podcast, hosted by Mark Vina, your home for candid, insightful, and provocative conversations about the smart home, home automation, security, smartphones, PC and console gaming, and much more. Hi, everyone. My name is Mark Vina, host of the Smart Tech Check Podcast. Today is Thursday, January 27th, 2022. Joining me for today's podcast is the dynamic duo of John Quain who writes for the New York Times, Smart Cities, and Tom's Guide. Stuart Walpin, who writes for uh, uh, Twice, uh, US News, and Investopedia. And Rob Pegarero is actually doing his civic duty. I believe he's helping, if I'm not mistaken, with, um, he's helping out with vaccinations, isn't he, guys? Did you see his message? Yeah. I know, he's a, you gotta love him, you know? He's probably at a secret Washington annual, Nationals <laughs> meeting or something like that, who knows? But how are you guys doing? How, how's your uh, Thursday working out for you? Chili. Well, I have this podcast I have to be on, but other than that, I'm fine. <laughs> thank you. Thank you for the vote of endorsement. That's the last time I put it on a tie for you, Stuart. <laughs> yeah, yeah you put it on for me. Yeah, just for you. Just for you. Um, anyway, you know, it's been a kind of a bit of a slow, you know, would you agree the last week or so has been kind of slow from a tech, um, from a tech topic standpoint? I feel like, you know, we're in that kind of, you know, if you're a sports fan, we're in that kind of awful period between the football season hasn't ended yet, but between that period and the start of baseball, and you're like, what the heck am I going to do? You know, especially if you don't like basketball, which I'm not really that thrilled at. But I, I, I don't know, it just feels like kind of a bit of a, you know, uh, just kind of a slow period. What do, you, what do you guys think? Definitely. This is the down period, the post-CES period between now and sometime in February. And, you know, people are pitching me in the same products they pitched me a few weeks back ago. So <laughs> you can tell it's slow when they, they're throwing the same ideas back at me. And people are like, but spring's going to be here soon. <laughs> it's freezing here. So yeah, a bit of a slow period. Stuart, you, your thoughts too? Well, yeah, I, I mean, from a sports point of view, this is the worst, almost the worst time of year. Once the Super Bowl is over, it's, it's, I, I, I would rather crawl into a hole and not come out until pitchers and catchers report, which fortunately is not that long a right. of time, but it's it's right. still kind of awful now because with the, with the labor situation, we don't know if they're going to have a, a new uh, collective bargaining agreement. But from a tech point of view, the big news will happen uh, in about 10 days from now when Samsung unveils the new um, Galaxy S22 models. So, I mean, right now, I mean, that's what I think in the tech industry, most people are sort of gearing Gearing up up for is is that and Mobile World Congress at the end of the month. And that's, and then the Samsung Samsung announcement is coming, I think it's February 9th, if I'm mistaken, it's not too far away. I thought it's February, you mean Samsung? I thought it's February Samsung, Samsung, Samsung. Yeah, February 8th. Oh, February, I'm sorry. Yeah, so it's it's right around the the RSVP, so. I, I forgot to RSVP, so I'll RSVP. I'm just making a note. Uh, I never yeah. quite understood why that event you RSP, RSVP, RSVP because they broadcast it on every channel, you know, in the right. world. So that, I, that's a different podcast topic. But anyway, it hasn't been completely devoid of news. Um, I think uh, both of you guys will ha- will have some fun with this topic. Is that you know Spotify uh, over the couple of uh, last uh, day or so. They took down Neil Young's music after Joe Rogan, well, after his ultimatum, essentially, where if you don't take Joe Rogan's podcast down, you know, you might as well take my music down. And Spotify, you know, gave in to Neil Young's request. So uh, let me start with you, uh, uh, John. What's your thoughts on this? 
Well, I mean, it, it is a big question. I mean, the, the, you know, corporate responsibility, I mean, they're always doing these ESG things and, you know, equality, sustainability and governance. And this seems to be kind of under those headings. And if a company is going to be serious about uh, actually public policy, Neil Young has a point. And there isn't a free speech issue because Spotify is not a public corporation. I mean, they're a public corporation, but they're a private company. They can do whatever they want. Right. So, uh, you know, I want to see uh, some of the more, you know, prominent artists maybe uh, push to say, hey, I want to do the same thing and see what happens because uh, this is life and death stuff. So it seems pretty serious to me. Stuart. Well, I'm 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 sort of in the same camp with John on the last on, on that second point. Um, I mean, from a pure business point of view, from Spotify's point of view, Joe Rogan has a hundred million um, followers or listeners, and Neil Young has six million. So you know, it's sort of like, gee, who should we placate here? Um, you know, so I mean, as far as Neil Young is concerned, this could be, as Eric said in Animal House, a futile and stupid gesture, unless he gets other artists, say, from this century to join in, you know, the Taylor Swifts, you know, Drake's, The Weeknd, Justin Bieber, you know, Dua Lipa. Um, I mean, somebody from this century to perhaps join in who yeah. might have as much clout as Joe Rogan does. And quite frankly, none of those have the clout that Joe Rogan has, or at least the listening base. I think the most is like 20 million for some of the top performers where, like I said, Rogan is a hundred million, but the other side, the other side of this from, and I like Neil Young. I don't get me wrong. I like Neil Young. I love almost everything he's ever done, but he sort of, can be the blame for some of this can be laid at his doorstep this whole anti-vaxxing thing six seven years ago he mounted this whole anti-gmo campaign and did a whole album against monsanto for gmo not that i'm a fan of monsanto by the way but apparently almost every reputable science on the planet has said that gmo is not only a, not a bad thing it's a good thing but but it was his whole anti-biotechnology -bio effort that Young was fronting that has led to a lot of the anti-vax thing that we have now. I'm not saying he's completely at fault, but it certainly is some, some of the underlying issues with the anti-vax movement is that they're anti-biotechnology. So uh, um, th 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 it's an interesting thing from a Spotify point of view and from um, the people who are not getting vaxxed, Neil who. Um, so unless he, unless some of the other prominent Spotify performers, uh, follow suit, it's a futile and stupid gesture. So Stuart, I'm guess you know, you glossed over something very quickly because you were saying it a bit tongue in cheek and I'm being a bit cynical about this. Do you really think Spotify's decision was based on, Hey, I'm not going to have Neil Young tell us who we can and can't have on our, uh, our platform. <laughs> Or do you think it's purely, hey, got, you know, the, the 100 million follower personality wins over the 6 million follower personality? Meaning I'm sorry, was, show, me a show me a corporation that doesn't make its decisions based on its bottom line. I mean, this is, this is the, I'm not, I'm not being cynical. I'm being realistic. Companies make decisions based on the bottom line. Now, I don't know if Spotify is a public company, but it would certainly be even more to their benefit to say goodbye to Neil Young. Again, we're old. We know who Neil Young is. We like Neil Young. 
But to most of Spotify listeners, it's Neil who? Nobody knows who Neil Young is outside of our generation. He doesn't mean anything to anybody outside of our generation. And the people you need to reach are not in our, our generation is pretty much pro-vaccine, you know? Yeah, so but, he's preaching to the choir. Except that, except that one important, this isn't a futile gesture because everybody's talking about it and it is a big news story. It's, <laughs> it's, on, on, yes. on, all, it's on local TV stations. Right, I understand that. that. I just don't but think it's that, going to reach people. That, no, it's, that's a huge deal because most people had no idea, that, most of humankind, that that Spotify was allowing just this because kind of material the on there. Does so, not mean that he's going to change anybody's mind. You know what? But it does. I mean, it makes. I'll listen to Pandora rather than Spotify. When Novak Djokovic was going to play the Australian Open, I'm a Novak fan. I actually like the guy. I've seen him play live, but I was going to boycott the Australian Open. Because you just you got to make a decision, and I think this is brings attention to Spotify that Spotify runs this material. I had no idea that Spotify ran this crap, and they should never run this crap. But well, they have actually told said me that they, they run this crap. So they actually, by John, by John, let me just stop you there right now. Is that right. in that Spotify is a very popular podcast platform? You know, right. it's not just a, 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 it's just not a music right. streaming service, and if you're going to host platforms. You're going to host platforms. The material is going to be all over the place. And, you know, Spotify, and I'm and, and not passing judgment on the accuracy of all the wonderful things that are shared in the Joe Rogan podcast. We can have that de debate separately. But I think the point is, is that if you're going to go after Joe Rogan, then there's a, there's a lot of other podcasts on Spotify. You can make that same um, determination on that. Actually, there isn't. So there isn't Nazi propaganda on Spotify. And they, if they find racist stuff too, they take it down. So actually, that's not accurate. This stuff is uh, in that group. And I don't know why these, except for the money aspect, and it's a lot of money, I understand that, but it should be taken off in the same grounds that those things are taken off of YouTube and Spotify and any other platform you want to mention that's got, you know, an actual business so i that's not really an excuse it's just the money it's like twitter and trump you know he violated every single precept they had written down but they wouldn't take him off until like the pressure finally got there because he had how many millions of followers right well um, i mean first of all spotify has made statements in the past saying that they wouldn't post anti-vaxxer material so they have come out from a corporate standpoint so in to a certain extent them leaving rogan up there violates their own policy yeah. um but i don't think i don't think the twitter analogy is accurate only because their twitter's not losing anybody money or followers by not having trump on there whereas 100 million spotify subscribers that's actual money coming in the door if people don't subscribe uh to, to spotify to get joe rogan and i would hazard to guess that there are a lot of spotify subscribers who only subscribe to spotify or primarily subscribe to spotify just to listen to joe rogan so but I mean, the there's money a lot more money, which is why I'm suspecting that that Spotify is not doing anything except getting rid of Neil Young. Well, well it, it, there's another actually there's another related tech news thing is because I used to work for him. Full disclosure, I wrote a column for his magazine, uh, Brill, Stephen mm -hmm. Brill. I don't know if you guys have seen mm -hmm. that effort, but, you know, a lot of advertisers are on Spotify and you don't know when your ad's going to pop up alongside of one of these crazy, you know, things. 
and you don't want to be associated. You don't want your e-bike associated with that or your, your insurance company associated with that. So what they do is they go around and look to see if this stuff is falling in alongside and then tell the advertiser as a service, hey, you probably don't want to be with this, or that, or the other thing. I, I think that's, you know, because the money, to your point, Stuart, is the money is not from subscribers to Spotify. Does somebody really subscribe? It's the advertising. Or advertising, right? yeah. No, I yeah, agree with so, that. So, uh, you know, that's sort of where this goes, but it's hard to track it all down. And, you know, I, kudos for Neil. I had no idea this stuff was on Spotify. I really didn't. And I listen to this stuff all the time. Well, like I well, said, I, I, I applaud him for doing it. I wish he didn't have the anti-GMO stuff in his background, but I think the only way that this really moves the needle is if somebody like Taylor Swift or Drake or The Weeknd come out and say, we're doing the same thing. I think that's I, I the only that, way yes. that's Twitter, that Spotify uh, actually moves anywhere on this. I'm going to yeah, call Taylor we, we, right after we end this. Yeah call, <laughs> call, yeah, call Barry Manilow and Michael Bublé to see if they have that kind of... <laughs> But, but, but which I'm sure I'm I, I gotta look their numbers up to see what their numbers are like on Spotify. But yeah, I, but I do think before we get to the next topic, I think what it's going to be interesting over the next couple of months to see if who who of a big big nature, a big Kahuna so to speak, you know, follows uh, Neil Young's um, uh, 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 situation. And I'm I'm I don't know. I have a feeling that you know no, the numbers are so big sometimes that it's hard. To, the business advice that big celebrities will get is that you know what? Do you really want to throw yourself in front of the train and and hurt yourself financially? But we'll see what we'll, we'll see what happens. Our next topic here. You know, this, you, you guys, you got to help me with this one, guys. I mean, th th this has been going on now for. It's not a new topic. It's obviously, you know, since they had yet the up the second pause in terms of implementing uh, the uh, 5G around airports. What I can't figure out, and I wish uh, Pegarero was on the um, was on the podcast because I'm, he would have a lot to say about this. I can't, for my life, understand how the um, the uh, FAA, the FCC, you name the regulatory agency, could not have been more proactive about this. I mean, I, I mean, I take the position that I don't think the airlines want people to die. I'm pretty sure. You know, I, I think that they're on the side of people living. Now, that's not to say that, you know, they may be um, being too overly aggressive and getting 5G um, uh, implemented. They point to, hey, the, to the fact that, hey, by the way, in, air, in, the, in the Europe, uh, this, uh, the 5G uh, rollout has been much more aggressive than it has been over here. But give me – I'd like to get each of your perspective It says. Has this turned into just a political issue or who is sleeping at the wheel? John, give me your perspective right off the bat, because to me, you know, 5G is one of the great, great technical innovations that we're going to see over the next few years. And it's just a shame that this seems to be a bump in the road that and maybe it is. more. Maybe it's just a bump in the road and we'll be laughing about this a few months from now. But it, it just bothers me that there was not more proactive um, action on this. I mean. The, the, to begin with, there is a technical problem. There's just no question about it, no matter what the wireless companies say. There is a technical problem, and it's not all of 5G, obviously. It's just in this particular band, the, the 3.7 gigahertz. You know, that, near near airports. Near, near airports. Yeah, near airports. And, that, and that's an issue, period, the end. So their, their PR about it's not an issue, it actually is an issue. Um, and it can affect altimeters in older airplanes or older altimeters. There's no mm -hmm. question about it. So, And they've recognize that and admitted that in other countries so that's one point i think this was just like blackmail 
extortion to the government. You know, they were upset. They spent this money. They want to make as much money as they can on it. And uh, as far as I can tell, it's true that the government agencies have have conflicting things and have been dragging their feet and could have been more active uh, about coming up with decisions or a plan to deal with this. And they didn't. And so the wireless companies, well, not all of them, just AT&T and Verizon, those are the companies, not T-Mobile, because they don't have this stuff. Um, and so I think they're right. The government did drag its feet in doing this. But that kind of brinksmanship in terms of PR for consumers is like what? AT&T and Verizon wants me to crash in a plane. I'm not, I don't know that that's such great PR, you know? um, but I mean, it had practical imp implications too. the supply chain. Oh my gosh. And the cargo planes and the fat, you know, it, it's just kind of endless. So I think there are points on both sides of that and, and sorting it out. Uh, it, it, yeah, and I want to be clear, John, I'm not arguing that within the parameters yeah. that you set out, that there's not an issue. What bothers me is the reason why we have government, in theory, right. <laughs> is to be way ahead of the curve, you know, right. in terms of, okay, we know this is a problem. We're going to partner with the airlines. We're going to partner with the carriers. We're going to, we understand the value of 5G at a macro level in terms of what it's going to do for the, um, for connectivity with, with both consumers and businesses. And I just don't understand why it had to, got, it had to get to this kind of brinksmanship type of stage. That's, I know, I think... I, I think it was more the FCC, but I, you know, that was slow to do something about this. That's my, that's my read of what the reporting that I could do. Rob did, you know, obviously it did as a lot on it too. That's if you wanted to blame somebody, maybe that's who you blame. But, um, but I think now that they've pushed it to this point that they will resolve it. I mean, if I had been the FCC, I would have just said, look, look at what they did in other countries and they right. have, buffer zones and things like that. And that's what we need to do and just do it. Um, but uh, yeah, as that's, you know, it, it's difficult to point a finger though it is. Let, let, let's get Stuart in here because I know he's chomping at the bit to say something, <laughs> uh, something profound. <laughs> Go ahead, well, Stuart. <laughs> first of all, I think nobody's communication has been good in this, especially the mainstream media. The problem is not 5G. And yes. I wish people would stop framing this as a 5G issue. Problem, the right. issue is the C-band frequencies. It right. doesn't matter what you're running in the C-band. The problem is, as John mentioned, is these older altimeters run their communications the way that they measure the distance between the plane and the ground in using frequencies in the C-band. Which they've and, been doing, by the way, which they've been doing it for decades, by the way. This that is, is like correct. That is correct. But the the the, the frequencies with that AT&T and Verizon are using are close to, and there is a buffer between the frequencies used by these altimeters and the 5G service, this faster 5G service that Verizon and AT&T want to do. And the problem is only within a couple of miles of the airport. But the way the media has played this is that 5G is going to crash planes, which is insanity. This is, this is another, you know, just like politicians don't know anything about technology. It, I'm shocked that the mainstream media isn't really being responsible in reporting this. It is a sliver of the C-band owned by only two carriers in the U.S. There have been no problems in Europe. The European aviation agencies have, after the fact, it said, oh, we should have done more testing. The FCC did testing. 
And they found that there was no interference in the same way. This is almost the same argument that we were having 50 years ago when the burgeoning wireless phone industry was trying to get what was called land mobile in those years, was trying to carve out some frequencies that the TV bands had claimed. And the TV broadcasters all said, oh, if you give the land mobile people this frequency, it will interfere with TV signal. Then when cellular phones became popular, the FAA was screaming, oh, you can't use your cell phone on a plane because it will disrupt navigation, which was complete and utter horseshit. And so we're back in the same boat again. The FCC, the FAA has no credibility on this issue because they, they've only done minimal testing on this. It only affects older altimeters that ought to be, that they've been replacing over the last 10 years already and just haven't done so as speedily as well. So, I mean, the communication from the media as painting this as 5G is a problem with airplanes and the FAA claiming things that they haven't yet backed up with testing is just left me completely flabbergasted gassed at the at the reporting of it and the conflict between them. I'm not saying the FAA is wrong, but the FCC has done tests and the C-band has been used in Europe without any problems. So I fail to understand that the F, why the FAA has not made its case a little more scientifically on this. They're right now doing tests. Why would you make the claim that this is harmful before you make the tests? And after the FCC has already run tests and the frequencies were already sold for tens of millions of dollars to these carriers. But, but, you, really, but, the, but you know, let's do it. The issue on this. But do it. And we got to close this out in a couple uh, in a couple of minutes. But uh, and I'll let John reply to my um, my question here. Isn't the, the point that Stuart is making about the fact that the, the media and they do this over and over again? And is that they just don't get nuance, especially when it comes right. to technical issues. There's, you know, they're writing for mainstream publications, people without engineering degrees, you know, the, the mainstream publications. And it's just easy from a headline standpoint to say 5G is a problem versus spending maybe two or three paragraphs in, in, the, um, in the article explaining, well, it's not 5G. Let's be clear about this. No. It's about this decades long issue that. For, uh, you know, the, the, you could argue the FAA has done a poor job of not upgrading people to get out of that, to address that C-band uh, issue that you recommended. So don't, don't you think the media, is it, isn't it your fault, John? You're the media. I blame I you. Gonna, I was just going to say, you know, full disclosure, right? Uh, you know, I, I am part of that mass media general audience reporter and, and you're a fine reporter. Let me, I want to, and you know, in television, when you do a television story, man, I have like 90 seconds, you know, to convey it. So yes. it's not a lot of time. Um, so yeah, I, 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 I agree that, you know, this 5G, there, people don't even understand that there are multiple bandwidths down in the 700 yes. megahertz, you know, in the trying to explain digital television moving around and why do I stay? I mean, that was all 5G too. So, and why it works some places and not other places it's it's much much more difficult to explain i admit that absolutely and often you know this stuff is all lumped together but um but you know it works in europe because they put in rules and buffers around airports so yeah. you know that that's just I, I and they did test it and the canadians tested it too so i think we you know we should not always just rely on ourselves look there are other good scientists and stuff in other countries too and Maybe we should, you know, look at some of that. Um, 
So, you know, it will get sorted out. Uh, but yeah, I, I do think that sometimes we gloss over these issues. Uh, you know, it's the same thing if I'm talking about ransomware on TV or something. I don't have a lot of time to explain what it is and how it works. I admit it. I admit it totally. <laughs> it's the cable news format as well. You know, these bite, these bite chunks of, uh, you know, bite, uh, bite sized chunks of news for two minutes. You can't explain an issue in detail. That's the right. reason. Okay. Right. Let's hit our next. Let's hit our next topic here, and that is if I can walk over to the system here, uh, guys. I don't know if you've experienced with uh, this, but you know, Apple has been having some iCloud um, uh, syncing issues. Uh, it just happened a couple of days ago. Uh, they just they just uh, um, upgraded um, Mac OS, iPad OS, and and iOS as of yesterday that addresses some of these issues, but. They've had a lot of, um, it's not uncommon. They do run into quite a bit of cloud-related um, synchronization issues. And I guess the question I have for you is that, you know, do you, do you have confidence in using Apple iCloud? I'm putting you a bit on the spot. If you were running a business, I mean, do you think that Apple is, is making the necessary investments in the same way maybe Dropboxes or Boxes or some of the other you know, uh, cloud services, that that's their business versus iCloud, which is kind of like just a major support infrastructure that, that Apple uses. So kind of a wild question, but it's just something that has been in the news. And I, let me have Stuart address that right off the bat. Well, I mean, anytime you deal with these kind of really, really technical issues, I, I don't know a single cloud-based service that hasn't had some issues of some sort at some point during their, whether it's AWS or Google or Microsoft Cloud. I mean, they're, they're, whether or not they've been hacks or or breaches or sync issues. I just got a notice from Dropbox. You'd mentioned Dropbox. That yes, I, I, I know what you're, what you're gonna say, go ahead. Yeah, they're, they're warning people not to upgrade to Mac OS 12.3 yes. because they haven't figured out, Dropbox hasn't figured out the, the sync issues that might come with that particular upgrade. So you have all of these divergent providers, cloud providers, you have all of these independent third party, um, what I would call accessories, you know, um, like Dropbox and people who rely on these bigger cloud services. There's always going to be conflicts. There's always going to be, you know, um, breaches. There's, there's always going to be technical glitches. And so I think for businesses, the larger issue isn't necessarily, do I trust them? Because quite frankly, Apple has been very good usually this went unreported for some reason for a longer period, but that's unusual. Usually Apple is very upfront about problems that they have and that they're in the middle of solving them. This was a bit of a glitch on that end of it, that they didn't immediately report it, that they sort of kept it under their hats for a while, which right. mystified me for whatever reason. But usually they're pretty Johnny on the spot. Um, they even have a whole division devoted to trying to hack their own systems so they can find the problems before the hackers can. So, right. you know, their own uh, black hat, I think it's called their own black hat crew. Um, or yeah, they, in fact, they in fact, hacker. You, probably, you probably saw the story the other day. They just paid an enormous bounty to, um, yes. to a, a young hacker, if I'm not, not a young hacker, yep. but a young person who identified the, uh, and by the way, most of the tech companies, in fact, I think all of them, HP, Dell, they all have hack uh, bounty. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. So, I mean, they're all going to have issues at some point. I think as a business owner, you just have to expect that at some point, and it's always, you know, Murphy's Law, it's always going to happen at the least convenient time. Um, um, but I, I don't think that this is a, a trust issue that's that's going to impact their business as much as it say whatever price they're charging that might be higher than somebody else's. As uh, John, your thoughts? 
Well, I agree. Yeah, all the all the cloud services have had outages. Even AWS, you know, has had some pretty um, significant outages, and it just shows how much we rely on this. I've, you know, even having a there was something yesterday where I noticed the service was down for about two minutes, and I'm sure they got tons of complaints and probably right. thought, you know, uptime of 99.99% is pretty darn good, except unless you're trying to access it in those two minutes, in which case it's not so good. So, yeah, <laughs> traditionally, as far as businesses are concerned, Apple has not been a serious contender, right? It's that the history of it is. The art department people are the ones who have all that stuff, you know, but if you want to be serious about this, you do these heavy duty backends and data centers and blah, blah, blah. Um, Apple certainly made much better than that, uh, that his historical sort of prejudice against them. However, you know, they have not been um, up to par with the Googles of the world when you look at the data center and backend supports. So the reason that you... CarPlay is slower than, you know, Android Auto is because they don't have the data centers that Google does. So as a business, you kind of look at that and think, well, you know, I don't want to do either one of them, but if I have to choose between them, then I'm going to probably go with Google. Uh, and, and I see more businesses doing it. It's funny just this week uh, because I, I do some work at the Metropolitan Museum of Art here in New York City, and uh, they are moving one of their platforms for something they did on their own to something that they're gonna put as part of YouTube. And, uh, you know, they have a limited budget, obviously, you know, they're not a for-profit kind of institution, but um, that's a risk. And I could tell the people there were like, mm, I don't really wanna, I'd like to rely on my own company to do this, but you know what? It's basically free at YouTube. And it's hard to make that argument that I should keep it on my own platform. So, right. you know, it's just the reliance that we have on it now. So the Met is moving too. Well, guys, this has been a great conversation. We're probably right against that uh, that old uh, clock here. And I want to thank you for the taking the time to join me for today's podcast, guys. Uh, for our viewing and listening audience, please make sure that you hit the like and subscribe buttons at the end of today's podcast. And don't forget to follow me on Twitter at Mark Vienna Tech Guy. And until next time, have a great week. And, guys, thanks again. Thank you.